I'm pretty excited this morning. I love starting new books of the Bible. And this one in particular, I'm just thrilled. You know, we've done it one other time as a church when we first started the church way back in 2010. And it's been about a year since we've been in a gospel. And now we're going to redo and think about and dive into the gospel of John. Oh, it is a fantastic, amazing account. And I, I, I would love to go around the room and ask people, what's, what's your favorite passage in the Bible? And, and you would have different answers, I know. And, and, and I always say that my favorite passage of the Bible is whatever I'm teaching or preaching, you know, because it's all great. But what we even get to do this morning is one of the reasons why I'm doing this up here. Why I'm not a physician, though I think physicians are awesome and amazing. Why I don't do something else with my life. I can't, but it's going to plant a flag of why grace is grace. It's because of what we get to look at today in the Gospel of John. One of the most amazing passages in all of the Bible. And if you need a favorite passage, choose this one. It's that good. And so I want to invite you today to the Gospel of John and to follow along. And you know who John was, right? John was the disciple Jesus loved. He's going to call himself that in the throughout this this book he he lived the longest he died in exile on the island of patmos he was he was an amazing amazing man writing this theological book i think comes alive and if there's anything we need today to me it's for the real message the truth of the lord to come alive i don't know about you but i my whole life been to teachings and read the bible and gone to sunday school i probably read the bible a hundred times i don't know not keeping count but it starts yeah i've heard that i've i've been to that i've done something with that and i I, it becomes a little bit dry you can't be dry and read this or if, if if you walk away today not amazed it's because i did a bad job not because this text isn't so amazing it's amazing you know, our Savior died on the cross, but sometimes the zip, the zing, the amazement, the wonder, that's what I'm after for you and I today. Because because life is so daily, you know, I can't get away from myself. I, I look at the mirror, and it's not just that my ugly mug is staring back. It, it's that life, I, I need to do things. I need to groom. I need to figure out what's for dinner. I, I need to eat my veggies. I, I need to do the mundane things and the heavy things too, you know, like what I can do, this chest pain, what does it mean? Or cancer or job, whatever. Life is so daily that it begins to get my focus. It begins to get my, my, my time and heart and energy. And I forget, I forget the depth of why my life is what it is. So most of the time I agree, and probably you do too if you're here, that Jesus is my Savior, you know... And I try and connect that to my function in the world, like, you know, I'm interested in the interface of how my Christianity makes me a better dad or how my Christianity makes me a a better parent or or husband or worker or whatever. But wait, in that connection and in my focus on the daily, maybe I miss the depth of the wonder of what life really is that's why it's helpful to do an account like this 
where actually the focus comes off the mirror. Not trying to connect this today to how you're going to parent your kids better. I think you will if you get this. This is about how central and deep Jesus is. This life that we live, life is a wonder. It's so tied to Jesus. Your life is tied to Jesus. That's what we get to look at in this gospel, this most one of the most amazing pieces of literature, this first introduction. I'm doing the whole thing so you can see it all. It's not just dividing it up into little statements, but each statement is a golden snowflake if there was such a thing. Each one is just amazing. Do you want to see this? We're going to start with anticipation. As we start this amazing gospel, John writes this introduction. It's the first 18 verses. And he picks up his pen and he writes. And we start with this build to this deep, central, most amazing truth he'll ever have. He starts here, verse 1. In the beginning, John 1, 1, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So I just I want you to clear your mind for a minute. I want you to think just of the text. Just okay, I'm starting a book. I'm starting a new book. I'm starting good news, this good news book. And I think I already know all the answers of what's in it. I just want you to start no no no, put the answers away and just think and feel with me what John's doing as he starts to write. Because he goes here and and he starts with in the beginning. I know right away, as soon as he writes And anybody would who's a Jewish person who's read anything would know what is he doing. He is echoing Genesis 1, the book for the Jewish nation, for Israel, which starts out what? In the beginning. That same word, Bereshit. And it's the same word in Greek. I gave you the Hebrew transliteration, but in the Septuagint, the very same word. You know the title of Genesis in 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 for the Hebrew Bible, is in the beginning. Now, I'm going to put it up for you. There it is. There's John, uh, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so our, our curtains come up as we start this amazing gospel. And, and what you see is darkness. I thought about trying to make ever this room just dark and putting like, you know, black paper over the windows and just, and then lighting a candle here. But, but, but you, there's no candle. Just darkness. That kind of image is what John wants you to start with. This story is like that. It's a deep central story about existence and it's the word. He doesn't have a name. Oh, I know his name. No, not yet you don't. You just have the concept that at the beginning of everything, before time and space, before anything, hovering there over the deeps in Genesis 1, like the spirit hovering in the water, that spirit also contained God the Father and the Word. Before anything else, Jesus was not created, existing, 
when all else was dark, was unformed, was uncreated. This is, and, and this isn't just, oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's the myth, the story, the history, whatever, however you think of Genesis 1, the, the creation story. Yeah, this is a creation story, but it's also something very particular. What? It's the story of how God is with man. You realize that's the, the first five books of the Bible. The Pentateuch, the Torah. It starts with Genesis, and it's about how God came and how God formed a nation and how God gave the law and how God said no, the law was basically instructions on how God was going to be among man. If you'll keep my rules and regulations, if you'll keep my amazing, fantastic law, then I'll be with you and I'll paint my tent among you. I'll have a tabernacle, you know, the pillar of flame, the, the, the cloud of, of fire. The, 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 I'm getting that wrong. You know what it was, though? The presence of God with people. That's this story. I'm not an Israelite. But it's about the presence of God with me and with you. This is the story. And it's about this word. It says this word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. So he was there kind of separate. And the word was God. I want to know more, okay? He was in the beginning with God. He's a he, this word. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, okay, so he's deity. I, I, I get that. But catch the depth, right? If you think of the God creating the word, <laughs> creating the world by speaking things into existence. And John is pulling that from Genesis when he says he's pulling it forward. So you see that speaking was through somebody. Who? It was through this word. Some things you don't know, John says, that are really important. This word that was with God is actually the one through whom all things were made. Look around. There's lots of made things. There's lots of made people. There are so many people. Do you know every single one made through Jesus? I'm getting ahead of myself. We don't know it's Jesus yet. The only life that has ever, ever existed, though, this is the point. The only life that has ever existed is the life that is made through Jesus, through the Word, through the one who is with God. Wow. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, so, so he's saying that your life, that my life, that any life that is, that the darkness is there without life, without sustenance, without hope, without anything that actually sustains existence. And, and here comes light. Amazing imagery. And again, such perfection. I, I think it's so perfected because, because God actually made the stuff that's out there like science-wise. You hear the phrase, all truth is God's truth. That's because truth is God's. God made stuff. God's amazing. So there's a, a way in which that's true and a way it's not true. And I don't want to argue that today. But I want you to see this. Think about light with me. The only reason I can see you is what? 
The only reason I can see you at all is because there is a source outside of you that is bouncing photons, let me be scientific for a minute, off of you to my eye. You absorb a little of it and you, you bounce off other stuff and I see the stuff that's bounced off and so I see, I see Kevin wearing a light blue shirt. Everybody look at Kevin. He's waving. I see somebody wearing brown. I see somebody wearing black. I see green and over. I see color. I see. Why do I see? Because there's a light source aiming and bouncing off of you and coming to me. Your whole ability to see is outside of you. Not just that. I planted a garden this year. It's a good thing I didn't plant it in my basement. Because it needs the light of the sun to even live. The energy and light that comes down from the big ball of light in the sky hits the plants and the and things grow and, and then we grow in light and, and light comes and sustains. Both of those images, right, I think, done by God. So John could write this and say, look, 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 the word is this. It's that deep, it's that amazing. The difficulty that I have, I love those images and I'm there. The difficulty that I have is to actually start to get into my heart the depth of the wonder that every single life that exists is from God in this way. Through Jesus. He made life. He is light. Light that sustains life like the sun. Light that that reveals like visibility like our eye. Without light, there's no life. And so every breath, everything, everything around us, it's all only this, this word from God. I think life exists independently and then the word kind of comes and, 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 and impacts life like, like God's going to impact my life, like my life is something separate when actually my very life is already only there because of the word. That's this truth from the Bible that we're looking at right now. Who is this life? I want to know this word, this awesome and totally about the very essence of existence. That's the anticipation. Then we get into preparation. John's still writing. And he writes this in verse 6. There's a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Okay, anticipate, and I've already spoiled it because uh, we haven't, he hasn't said the word Jesus. And this is John, the gospel writer, and he's not writing about himself. He says there's another man. And all of a sudden, see, it's almost like there's a stage, and the stage was totally dark, and he started talking about how the need for light. And then a spotlight comes, because at a point in time, now we started general and big and broad. And now we're like, wait a minute, there's a man. Poof. One little person. At a point in time. His name was John. Okay. I get that. He wasn't the light. So there's this huge, deep, hidden iceberg of the action of God informing everything and so vast we can't even really comprehend it and mind-blowing. And all of a sudden this spotlight on one person, this John. And so this 
word, this light of all creation through the history of mankind and underneath it. But in point in time, off from stage right, in comes somebody walking. John. A witness. What is a witness? I saw something. I have something to say about my personal knowledge for you. He came to tell about this light in a way that hadn't hadn't before. I mean, you, you, you ought to go like, this is kind of weird. Why? Why is he a witness? Because my idea is is that the whole Old Testament, I have, you see where the Bible is? Here's my book of John. It's in here, and there's only this much of the Bible left, but there's this much of the Bible we've already been through. What about all these witnesses? Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, you just you can keep going, right? I mean, Daniel, all the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elisha, Elijah, all these, didn't they testify? Weren't they witnesses to God and the need to like obey him and be part of him and, and then be in covenant with him and all these things? Yeah. There's something different about this. There's something different about John. There's something new. What was it? Here it is. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So you can't take away from the wonder that he is everything and has always been. Every single breath that everybody takes anywhere is through this word. And then at a point in time, John bore witness and said, this true light is actually coming into the world. The light that's like the light of the sun is actually entering into the world. You know, if the sun suddenly made an entrance into the world, the world would explode. It's so much bigger and so much stronger and so much more energy. I can't even understand it. And yet that life, the light-giving life, is coming into the world, says John. And he's calling out, John said, right? That John the Baptist did. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Repent. Turn. And I mean, with this call, if you think about the amazing wonder of the actual light coming into the world, the light of the sun, the, 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 the deepest, most amazing thing you can ever have, I think that's coming into the world. You might think, man, everybody is like blown away. And so this amazing thing that he says is he came into his own and his own people did not receive him. He appeared, and they didn't receive him. This is tragic. All's not lost, because he writes, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he, this word, gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So if you receive him, which is if you believe in his name, that's what the text says. What is this? Believe that actually life is through him alone, right? That the world is made through him, that this word is the one, the special one, this this amazing, wondrous, and simply receiving him means you are given. I know it's like to me so far, if I was just reading this and I hadn't read ahead and I haven't read John 21, I haven't read the rest of John, I've just read read here. And so I said, well, okay, there's this 
light that's coming. And so I imagine this light coming down from the star, kind of, kind of like a meteor or something coming down. And if I'll just receive this spark that comes out, I, I, I want to be sparked. I want to get this light inside me. So I'm going to grab the light because I'm so eager to have this light that's going to make me a child of God like a magic pill or something. This amazing received light births you, it says. And this is not by the right of family or clan. Right? Not of blood. That's what blood means there. It doesn't mean of, of blood like you cut yourself. It means that you're the right kind of person. You got the right dad. Not of that. Not of the what? None of the will of the flesh. That means by flesh is me, not by my saying, I'm going to go get this. I'm going to go, you know, there's, there's a hidden treasure out there somewhere. If I can just find it. And so you go searching, you go digging, you go doing all you can to make sure you find it. No, no, it's not, it's not your flesh at work. That's your work. Not that and not the will of man. Not you saying, yeah, I want to go. I'm going to get there. Well, God says, of God, that is reference to the will of God, that it's his joy. God has always wanted this, this falling star that you want to catch, you want to receive, you want the gift. And when we're on the edge of our seats and we're waiting for this, okay, so the, the, the stage is set, the, the, the scene was dark, the one man came in, prepare the way, prepare the way, prepare the way. And, and if you will, you know, his own people rejected him, but if you'll just receive this word, and I said, I, I want it, I'm ready. Now we get the entrance. This amazing word. Because it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. These are sweet words. I, I think if you haven't heard the word being made flesh, that's one of the names for our Savior. The word became flesh. God became man. The word by which all was made, by which every life that lives has breath. The word actually became human. Wow. But I want to say, I want to say as much as I love that, it's an amazing statement of God's deity and his humanity in one, this, this, this thing that the councils of the church were argued over. I, I think maybe when they argued over those things that are so important and so good to get right, they missed the other half of the sentence. That's just as amazing. The other phrase, the word became flesh. That's one. And the word dwelt among us. That's what I think is amazing. He dwelt among us. He didn't come as a falling star. He came as a human being and he was with us, with us in our sin and failure and life and dirt and breath and, and existence and hopes and stumbles and taking every experience and every breath. And, and we've seen his glory, it says. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And now John tips his cards, right? We've seen him. What he really means is I walked with him. I saw what he said. I, I, I saw what he did. I, I've seen him. I've touched God. 
Well, there are other accounts, you know, but have you really experienced this God become flesh? That, that he says, I can show you. I can show you the grace and truth of God as, as no other way that you'll get it. And this is the witness of John, the writer, but also John, the Baptist, about the word made flesh. This is why he's the witness. This is why he came first. He says this, and put a parenthesis, because there's a little parenthesis in the text in terms of the idea. But the parentheses are made up. John's part of his argument. Look, John came on, and this is what he said. John bore witness. This was the witness and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Why is John so special? Why is he the witness? Because he points to somebody specific, like somebody here with him on the stage. He says, yeah, this person in front of me that I'm pointing at, he was before me. How do you get to do that? He's God. He's the word. He's the one by which we all have life. He's it. This is all. And he stands before us all. This is the wonder of life. It's not where you'll find your next meal or how you relate to your kids or your spouse or your parents or your friend. It's will you receive this wonder. He says, for from him, his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Have you? Have you really? Not not for we all serve him work upon work. Quite the contrary. We've received from his fullness, grace upon grace. That that that's all I've got is what he gives me from his fullness means from him, from what he has, from his riches and power and ability and glory. He gave and we receive grace upon grace. That's like heaping massive truckloads. You want to stand there and let a dump truck pour a whole thing of dirt all over you, but it's not dirt, it's grace. Grace upon grace. I think that's this verse we should memorize. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. It's not memorized very often, I don't think, but come back, you know. This will change your life. What do you mean, grace upon grace? That's a really good question. And so many people who call themselves Christians really have no idea. They think we've received a power to live a better life or an excellent life, the power to serve and work and be. That's not it. That's not the base. The base is this. The one who made the world has come and we just receive his amazing spreading goodness. What's the focus? He says it here. That's the thing. He says it here. What is it? It says, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Whoa. Don't lose me now. Though this is what, verse 17? It's only one more verse in the whole thing. And do you realize he started at verse 1. The word became, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He went through verse, verse all the way through, and he's talking about the word become flesh. What hasn't he done? He hasn't named a name. We climb a mountain. Look, look, look how amazing it is. Your very life, every breath you have is from this. He says, oh, man, John points to him and says, this is God himself, I'm telling you. He says, we've received this fullness of the grace upon grace, the truckload of grace poured over my whole head. Oh, and what is it? Well, the law came through Moses. 
But grace and truth came through. Let me give you the name. Jesus. Messiah. Instructions on good living came through Moses, the great receiver of the law. The law was the covenant, the relationship we had with God. It's gracious. It's so good of God to show his people how to live so he would dwell among them. That's the purpose, right? That's the thing, God to dwell with them, a tabernacle of a pillar of flame and a huge cloud, the very presence of God with man. And, and to have that, they were to be different by keeping the law, this good law, this great law, God's law, Ten Commandments and lots of others, how you live so I will be with you. That's Moses. He got to see the back of God. Remember the trail as God went away and he came down with his face shining. People didn't want to look at him. He's so bright because he'd seen the backside of God. But that's not the message. That's not what Jesus brought. He did not bring the law. The law came through Moses, but Grace and truth came through Messiah, Jesus. And because you already know who the Word is, and because you already know who the light is, and because he became flesh and was witnessed by John, and you've read the Gospel of John probably before, you kind of just go, yeah, 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 Jesus. No, wait, he hasn't said his name. This is, this is the big reveal. Jesus, in contrast to Moses, is identified by a title, not his last name. His name isn't Jesus Christ, like that's sort of his last name. His dad was named Joseph Christ. That's a title. Jesus Messiah, Jesus Savior. The law came through Moses, it killed you, it condemns you still, you're rightly and utterly lost. And the truth comes through Jesus that God himself will provide the lamb, that you are unable, that your sin is so great that you actually, humanity will kill the very word made flesh, the very light of the world and grace that he loves you and shows you that this is God knowingly receiving your sin, guilt, shame, And paying for it, removing it forever. This is justification. Righteousness, a gift of God in Christ, not by law, by grace. Will you receive it? And a second statement, you know, because this statement seems so wild. If you just heard this and you're walking through and say, no, 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 I know what God is. God is, I need to obey the law and become one of his people. Say, no, 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 there's a truckload of grace poured all over. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus has given his whole, uh, yeah, whatever. I've got the whole Old Testament. No, wait. No one has ever seen God. But, but, but Moses, look, yeah, all you do is look at his very back, right? can actually look. No one sees God and lives. It's that amazing, powerful being who created everything. No one's ever seen God. But listen, the only God who's at the Father's side, oh, now he's the Father. He has made him known. Jesus makes known the Father. So it's not just 
Is this true or this is a way? This is the actual revealing of God. The only God is Jesus. He has made him known. He is God. This is so strong. It's echoed in other places, right? Like this in in, in Hebrews 1. It says he's the radiance of the glory of God, speaking of Jesus. The exact imprint of his nature, speaking of Jesus. He upholds the universe by the word of his power, speaking of Jesus. Making purification for sins. This is what he did to bring grace. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is Jesus. Look not to his character, though it's true. Look not to his ethical teaching, though it's there. Look to his actions. He died for you and me. He proclaims over and over, and we're going to see it in John, the amazing wonder that he is the only hope we have, and he is for us. The light of the world, the bread of life, the one true vine, the way, the truth, and the life, the door of the sheep, the resurrection and the life, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is what we receive. This is why we worship. Because this is what we have. It is deeper. Oh, receive him. This is not just for the unsaved today. Like, oh, have you heard the name of Jesus? It's for you and me who know him, but who remain in the struggle every single day to remind each other to not forget the depth of the wonder of what Jesus has done for us to receive again that it's finished and you're forgiven. You're loved because of the gift of God in Jesus. It's amazing that this becomes the ground by which all the relationships go and they work because this is the light that feeds us. This is the light by which we see the deep work of God for you and me. And you know what we do? We trust it. We receive it. That what Jesus has done in the depth of life is our life. I want to see. And so I'm going to invite you to see as we go through these in the next weeks, we will see what this light of the world says. And may you and I remind ourselves, this is life itself. Come receive Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this text. It deserves so much more than I can do. And I bow before you, God, our Father, in wonder and amazement that you sent Jesus, your only Son, Lord, to adopt us in. Lord, thank you that he's deeper than we can know. Thank you that it's so much more than we can understand. Thank you that you have us in your hand. We entrust ourselves to you. We we bow before you. In the name of Jesus, amen.